We go out to the hotline right now, and we're joined by my colleague, Dan Zangrilli, one of the three of us on the North Shore Tavern leadoff show, Workers' Rights Law Group postgame show. Dan, getting up early with us today here after a late night of high school football action over on News Radio KDK. Dan, I appreciate you getting up early and taking the time, man. What's up? Man, just trying to figure out as, you know, we were, you know, at, at Gateway High School last night, like, yeah, what did we miss with the Buckos yesterday? Like, absolutely nothing, unfortunately. Like, it's, <laughs> this has been one heck of an awful month. Like, mm-hmm. it's just been a terrible, terrible time to, to watch, you know, them them take their at-bats. So, anyway, uh, I'm kind of diving into yesterday's uh, Pirates game, just looking in so I'm, I'm good for next week but uh shaking my head at the same time yeah you know they've they've dropped uh eight of 24 over the last 32 games or they're eight and 24 over the last 32 games they've dropped six straight here uh, and you know I I was catching up on the game from last night as I was with you out of gateway uh looking at the the box score and looking at the recaps from last night and you know what stuck out to me again and and we'll get to Bryce Wilson and, and maybe Zach Thompson and the pitching here in a little bit uh certainly one of the positives to take is the home runs, but, you know, what keeps striking me is the errors. You know, we see these uh, defensive miscues, these lapses in focus out there defensively, and, and you know, I can, I guess, I, it's a little more understandable to me, or maybe I can, I have a little more patience with some of the things we've seen from the young guys at the plate, right? You're, you're facing major league hitting, maybe for the longest extended period of your career. You're trying to figure those things out. There's a lot of factors there. I have a little less patience, I guess, for some of the defensive lapses. And I think for me, Dan, like, this is not July where, you know, these guys are getting their first crack at the big leagues, right? A lot of these guys have been here for two and a half months now, and it doesn't seem like defensively these errors are are being eliminated or being rectified, you know, defensively the way they should maybe with the progression of these younger players. Yeah, I mean, it's part of it. And and that's, I think, what I have to kind of remind myself of, um, you know, with any sort of growth, there's going to be a lot of pain points along the way, and these are the pain points. These have been some really heavy pain points. Um, and I don't think that, you know, what we see at times, particularly from the young guys, is necessarily meaning that, oh, they're going to be a bust or they're not going to, you know, pan out or this is what we have to live with as we watch this for, for a long period of time. I think they're going to get better, and, you know, I always am looking at and writing down when I take notes – talking about whether it's a Rodolfo Castro or a Tucapita Marcano or Diego Castillo, whoever it may be, I, I literally just remind myself right down their age, whether that's 22 years old, whether that's 23 years old, whether that's 24 years old. Yeah. And all of those guys are, are right there. And, and you know, if they were on contending teams, uh, there's a good chance they wouldn't be on the major league roster. And in years past um, – I think you would see these guys continue to ferment in the minor leagues while, and we still see it to some extent up here, just kind of the, the band of misfits, the, the journey, major league veterans, your Greg Allens, your Josh Van Meters continue to pass the time up here. But I do like the fact that they're they're throwing them into the deep end. They're trying to make them swim and letting them figure it out with the on-the-job training at this level. I think that's really important. But the other side of that equation is you got to, watch this on a night in and night out basis they can do some really incredible things they might hit the hardest baseball ever in the history of the game like o'neill cruz did yeah. and they also may have a cell phone pop out of their pocket like you're going to get both ends of the spectrum 
And, you know, I think one of the encouraging things, though, that we've seen over the last month, and, and it's funny you mentioned, you know, those two guys, Cruz, and I'll ask about Cruz in a second here, but especially with Castro because you brought him up. You know, he obviously did have that cell phone mishap and, and got that kind of one-game suspension for it. But if you look at his numbers since then, I, I think yeah. I've really been impressed and encouraged by the way he's responded. That was obviously a, a gaffe, you know, something worthy of being on America's Funniest Home Videos, uh, something like that. But really the way that he's responded, especially offensively at the plate, the kind of month in the last, you know, two and a half weeks or so that Rodolfo Castro has had, you know, that's something that encourages me that, okay, we are seeing the progression of a young player. Something obviously embarrassing happens to him, but the way he's able to respond, hunker down and say, okay, yeah, that was funny, guys. You got your laugh. Ha ha. Now watch this. Uh, that is, I think, one of the more encouraging things I've seen over the last month. It's pretty simple. Um, when baseball is supposed to matter in Pittsburgh, which could be next year, maybe, uh, more likely in 2024, Strong likelihood we're never going to remember the Rodolfo Castro cell phone incident because yeah. he's going to have an opportunity to be the guy that I think he's starting to show that he can be. Now, if he turns out to be a complete bust and he fans out and Clay Holmes goes on to, to great start, in which, oh, by the way, uh, we've kind of been all quiet on that Western front because Holmes, after the really good first half, uh, hasn't been nearly anything that he was uh, the first three months of the season, uh, the, the final three. But anyway, um, yeah, if he fans out, this cell phone thing is going to follow him for a long time. We're going to remember it. But if the Pirates wind up uh, actually hitting on all cylinders with this rebuild plan and Rodolfo Castro is part of it, you're never going to remember the cell phone incident. But to your point, yeah, the, the numbers are irrefutable. It's a good sign. It's a small sample size, but it's headed in the right direction. Um, and that's what keeps me coming back, watching Pirates baseball, despite the losses mounting here in late August. Kale Berger here with Dan Zangrilli on Bucko Talk, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Uh, Dan O'Neill Cruz, you mentioned his uh, earth-shattering uh, single hit off the Clemente wall earlier this week, the hardest-hit ball or fastest ball in the StatCast era. Um, but, you know, we've we've still seen the progression from O'Neill or, you know, kind of the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of him figuring it out at the plate, figuring it out in the field, and, and especially the field because, you know, we, we see these these great uh, pit throws to, to first base. We see these, you know, the impressive length and reach he has there. But a lot of times we've seen some gaffes too from O'Neill out there in the field. Do you think that the Pirates still view him as a shortstop? Or, or if we translate this or, or look ahead down the line here, do you think that O'Neill Cruz maybe in 2023, 2024 – is the Pirates starting starting shortstop, or do you think yes. that maybe that you yes. do? Yes. Um, so long as he maintains this athleticism that he's playing yeah. at, which, I mean, that's really hard to do, um, especially for somebody of, of his size. I, I can't not see him getting bigger and stronger and falling down uh, and succumbing to the, uh, the ability to want to hit 50 home runs and, mm. you know, thrown on a little bit of weight, which with his really incredible footwork at the shortstop position, far better than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. I think we're absolutely undersold on O'Neill Cruz defensively. Um, so long as he can kind of maintain, which is kind of a very slender, quick twitch physique at six foot seven, he can stay at shortstop for as long as he wants to, and he should. But do I close my eyes and envision O'Neill Cruz getting a lot bigger 
uh, and eventually moving to a corner outfield spot, yeah, I think I'm a little naive if I would say otherwise. Or maybe does he wind up at first base later on in his, in his career or as a DH? But as we sit here right now, and assuming that he can maintain the level of athleticism for as long as he can, he's going to be the Pirates shortstop. And I'll ask you another question, Cale. If O'Neill Cruz did not get an ounce better, if this is the version of O'Neill Cruz that we see and we have right now, strikeout rate and everything, with the ability to hit the ball as hard as he's been and the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark as he has, which is a rate of over a 30 home run pace if you put it yeah. on, a, on a full 162, would you take that right now if this is all O'Neill Cruz is? No, I don't think I would. I would. You would. I, 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 He's a 30 home run hitting shortstop. Exactly. He is 30. home run hitting shortstop. I agree. And that is the that is the big stat that Who can run? entices Who can run? me. I know it entices me the most, but I, I think the strikeouts are still are still a major concern. And so I So what? I, they're they're there with everyone else. They everyone are everyone else. They are. They it's are acceptable throughout the game. He's not doing anything that anybody else is not. But if he hits the ball out of the ballpark with as much hard contact as he's able to put on a baseball, he's He's just everybody else. Like he's he's still a really good player, even if he's hitting two hundred. Yeah. I know that's blasphemous to say, but put him up against some of his counterparts. That's what the game of baseball is today. He's a really good player in today's game, and I know that's crazy to to say. Well, he's hitting two twelve with a forty percent strikeout rate, but I would take that right now. I think he's going to get better, and, yeah. and that's the exciting part about it. Um, he's never going to be a three hundred hitter. Swing and miss is always going to be a part of his game. Sure, but if you were to say. O'Neill Cruz, this version of him, this is all you're going to get. Would you still take it? I would. See, I think I think for me, I'm such, and it's not anything against O'Neill Cruz. I am a big O'Neill Cruz fan believer, and I am one of his staunchest supporters that he is going to get better, right? And maybe that's what it is. Maybe I have so much faith in O'Neill yeah, Cruz. I, and I'm with you on that. I'm yeah. with you on that. But, you know, everybody wants but I to, get your point, point to this, that, and the other yeah. thing. And I want to say, well, wait a second. If... If you had to take all of the warts in his very young, unrefined career and those stuck with him his entire career, does that change uh, anything? And, and would you would you still not want him on your team? I still want O'Neal Cruz on this team if he is the same player uh, in, in five years that he is today. And I know that may sound crazy, but I would still take it. Dan, last thing for you here before I let you run, and this kind of coincides with, with what you're just saying there, that this is what Major League Baseball is today. How about the month and a half that Kevin Newman has had? 271 average. He goes two for four last night again. Um, all this guy does is hit. He gets on base. And this is certainly a contrast from what we have in Major League Baseball today. But when we talk about all these middle infielders the Pirates have, I, I think I've been swayed and and really convinced by you, what I heard from you saying on the North Shore Tavern leadoff show uh, weeks ago, that you know, Kevin Newman is doing a lot of things that are maybe not as trendy and hip in baseball right now, but you need guys like that. And when you compare him to some of these infield prospects, like why not stick with Kevin Newman given what he is doing with the Pirates right now? And what he does defensively, too, yeah. in, in your yeah. middle, middle infield. Um, I probably wouldn't feel as strongly as I do about it, and I wouldn't have said what I said, Kale, had Kevin Newman's 2019 season not occurred. Yeah. Because when you're looking at the totality of the player and you're factoring in the pandemic and things of that nature, and you're trying to do a real honest evaluation here, you got to say, well, wait, this guy may be more like the 2019 version than he was in 20 and 21. And if he's that guy, 
Um, because listen, there's a first round grade on this guy for a reason. Um, and you know, if 19 is more indicative of who Kevin Newman really is and these spurts that we've seen in an injury riddled 22 season, um, that's still a really good player. I want to see more. I'm not trying to move on from Kevin Newman. I want to see what 2023 looks like and I'm hanging with him. And so far, I think I've been proven right. Um, you get really good, above average, almost elite defense at times in the middle infield and some athleticism, position, flexibility, uh, and all of those things that you mentioned uh, that other players don't do. I think you've got a really productive player there. The numbers bear that out. And uh, I, I want to continue to see more, and he's going to continue to be part of my plans until he shows me that he's that 20 and 21 version as opposed to the 19 and 22 version, Kevin Newman. Dan, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the rest of the day, man, and I will talk to you this week, okay? All right, Kale. Thanks, buddy.